It's been a good week for the Boston Bruins, posting a 3-1 record since last Wednesday. Two new acquisitions, one from New Jersey, one from Carolina, and a call from Providence. All the trade deadline talk, all the game recaps right now. Boys of Town coming at you. Broadcasting from the heart of Boston, this is the Boys of Beantown, your source for weekly Bruins news, analysis, and updates. And the trade deadline came and passed on Monday night, Monday afternoon I should say. The Bruins made two acquisitions, getting a player from Carolina and from New Jersey, and making a call from Providence. We will get to all that on the podcast. Welcome in everybody, I'm Joshua Powers. I'm Austin Bumpus. And welcome back in four games since we last talked to you last. I remember you and I were arguing about the Pittsburgh game, we were talking about the way they were going to play if they would respond in a good manner and win, they did. They bounced back just like just like we all hoped, and um, it really it was just a solid team win. It was a good sixty minutes, and it's exactly what the Bruins needed to do. It's one of those teams where their playoff hopes are still alive. They are going to be a playoff contender, most likely. In you know Pittsburgh is going to be as well, and you have to win that kind of game to show you're still in the fight. And Pasternak scores two. Hayes, Ferraro, and Marchand all get one. Scores two beauties, might I add. Beautiful. Absolutely. Absolute beautiful goals. I will give you that. They, absolute stunning. All three Boston Bruins. Let's see. We have Pasternak, number one star. Rask, number two. McQuaid, number three. Rask was uh, goals against one goal against on 42 shots. That is that's ridiculous. I mean, that is classic Duke Rask. 9.76 percentage on the game. I mean, it's that's what you need to see from Tuca every time when he goes out there to play. That was just a great overall game. I mean, the def- you could kind of knock the defense on that, giving up 42 shots like that, but Tuca was really standing on his head the entire game, and the offense really kind of, I'm not going to say bailed him out because it wasn't exactly a close game, but the offense was on fire. Everything was clicking. It was exactly what was needed. It was one of those things in the third period where you just watched. You felt bad for Marc-Andre Fleury because his game was just not there. I mean, 828 save percentage, 24 saves on 29 shots. It's like the playoffs a couple years ago. Oh, man. Isn't it bad? That's classic Marc-Andre Fleury right there. We talk about that's classic Tuka-esque. That's classic Marc-Andre Fleury. It, it really is. He's choking when the game gets tough. Penalty shot did go in for the Bruins. That makes it now three penalty shot goals in the 2015-2016 season. The most ever by a team in a single season. Obviously, it happens to us. David Pasternak led the team with shots with seven. Ronaldo led with six hits. And Krug had a plus three for the game, which is outstanding in its own right, let alone any goals or assists or anything else in terms of that. I mean, it's it's one of those solid games. It's a win that you needed to have coming out to prove that you can still play. 17,600 people at the Garden who don't believe you can win because you're sub-500, and you go out there and you pull out a great game. Yeah, and it has major playoff implications. I know that's like the big talk about the whole game, but I mean, they were, I think at that point, what did we say last week? There were two points, two points behind yep. the Bruins, the Penguins. Um, and it was just a great overall performance. It really just kind of gave that little push. It was at home, which was the big thing we talked about last week that I personally didn't think they would pull it out at home. I thought it was going to be another disaster of a game, and they proved us all wrong. They did. It was a great, great win. Next up was the Fathers' road trip. They go to Carolina. It's always a great time. The Fathers are with the players. Not you know, not to like sidetrack too much, but Brad Marchand and his dad are twins. Oh, my Lord. If you haven't seen the photo on uh, Snapchat or Instagram or on the Bruins pages, please go take a look at it. You will not believe what you're going to see. It almost looks like the Marchand and his father, are, you're right, they're twins. They're the exact same person. It's kind of scary to look at. To be Tuka's dad was a little, little different, but 
Brad Marshall and his a dad are twins. Like, yeah. It was scary. And obviously, you're on the road. You're going on a father's road trip. You want to make the, make it a good game for him. I mean, Tugaras, his father came over from Finland. He doesn't want to come here to watch his son get blown out of the water. So you want to go and you want to play a good game. The Bruins did just that. 4-1 to one win. Bergeron, Blessy gets two, and Marshan gets one goal to beat the Carolina Hurricanes 4-1. to one. Another strong Tuca performance. Another too. strong Tuca 40 performance. 40 shots, one goal allowed. 39 saves and 40 shots. It's a 975 save percentage. Cam Ward, 857. He uh, stopped 18 of 21. Bergeron played in his 800th NHL game, which... I mean, here's to 800 more. Here's to 800 more, Bergeron, because we know you're going to do it. We know you're going to stick with us. That's all there is to make, it. Make it 1600. Okay, do but more. We're adding it on. We're going for 2400 games in Bergeron's. 3600 more. He's going to play until he is 65. Yeah, uh, I mean, bold belief. I was going to say 70. Bold belief. I was going to say 70. 70. That's stretching it. 65 is more likely. Anyways. Good retirement age. That's a great retirement age. <laughs> Four to win win in Carolina. A road game that you have to win. You have to keep the momentum going. You know, you're playing well. You just came back from a long road trip, which you did okay on. Home ice hasn't been great to you, so you take the wins on the road as you can get them. Four to one's a great win. Two Garas, the number one star. Bolesky gets the second star. Bergeron, the third star. And Bergeron has just been lighting the goals up lately, too. I mean, we'll get to, we talk about the Calgary game from last night. I have a really fun stat for you as well, which is actually really nice to look at. Let's go to the bad game. Tampa Bay, at home. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how to put this one, Austin. I'm not going to, I don't want to call it a bad game. I just think it was horrible. Un- I, I mean, I was going to say unfortunate. I mean, two Garas, 867 save percentage, 26 saves on 30 shots, Ben Bishop, 32 of 33 for 970, obviously much better performing than Tuca. And unfortunately, this is also classic Tuca-rask. I, I think it's just one of those games, like I was saying, it's unfortunate. They got off to a rough start in the first period, and momentum just completely shifted in Tampa's well, we, favor. We scored, we scored first. Miller scored first. You know, We were up one nothing. Everything was going our way. And then there were just some really bad penalties. Chara gets called for embellishment on a high stick, which... Honestly, it hit him in the face. He had every right to pull away like he did, so the embellishment's crap. You had Marshan who gets a you know, a penalty for interference, but they give the guy a penalty shot instead, and Callahan capitalizes on that penalty shot to give him a two to one lead at the time. I believe that was Stamkos. Was it Stamkos? I believe it was Callahan. Callahan scored, it was not a penalty shot. And Stamkos. Either way, it's not a penalty shot. He, he wasn't on a breakaway. He wasn't by himself. It was a scrap in front of the net. I get the interference call. I get it. Give him two minutes. It's well justified. But what on God's green earth are you giving a penalty shot for? I, I'm, that's what I'm saying. It's just unfortunate. I don't think the Bruins were kind of in the wrong in this game. Yeah, they came out in the losing end. But Tampa, like we always talk about, is a tough team to play. And, yeah, it sucks that it was at the Garden and it was a rough – it was a 4-1 to loss. That's not something you want to see after nope. some great performances. But it was just it was just bad luck. I'm luckily – I mean, luckily for the Bruins, we'll see him next Tuesday night in Tampa Bay as we go on the Florida road trip. More on that a little bit later. But Callahan, Stamkos, and Bishop taking the three stars of the game. I mean, honestly, they deserved it. No Bruins player played well enough to deserve that. You know, any kind of mention after the game whatsoever. The Bruins putting 33 shots on net against Tampa. I mean, 33 is an okay number. And Ben yeah. Bishop is a great goaltender. He's That's an outstanding goaltender. That's another thing you have to 
take into account here. He's I mean, outstanding. Tuka Rask can't perform at a high level every single night as much as we would all love to see it. No, but also at the same time, though, you hope that if he can't, there's a capable backup who can, and we don't have that in Gustafson. You know? Yeah. We don't have that. Well, maybe we have Malcolm Subban. No, 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 no. Hey, I'm just saying give the man a shot. I, that's all I'm saying. No. I'm not going to give the man a shot. Well, I mean, we don't have Malcolm It's Subban. not your call. Well, we don't have him right now. He's out with a fresh larynx. Yeah, so I mean, he's out he for play. eight weeks. Jeremy Smith was recalled from the Iowa Wild. We lent him out, and he's back now, which is kind of nice to see. Moving on from the Tampa game last night, playing Calgary at home, uh, Ferraro and Bergeron putting the two in. Honestly, it was one of those games where it was getting nervous. I thought we were going overtime, and we were going to lose this one, and we weren't going to get two points out of it. Thank God for Bergeron taking away the center of the ice in the offensive zone and putting a beautiful snapshot home on the left side. I mean... He's just playing, he's playing out of his mind. I think it was actually, I know you'll probably disagree with this, I think it was actually a great game. It I, was tense. I know it was tense, I know it was close, but there's going to be those games. I still think it was a strong performance. It wasn't one of those yeah, like I mean, five I, to four games. No, no, I, 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 don't, I don't say it as like, it's a bad game. I, I just say it as like, it was one of those nerve-wracking games where it was like, we were looking up and like, okay, when's the last time, like, you know, if Tukaras got a shutout last night, he would have tied Tim Thomas for fourth all-time in the Bruins with 31, but, you know, you're looking at those stats and then Carolina, uh, Calgary scores, and you're just like, well... Okay, one to one. Now we got to fight. Now it's a whole new game. Anything goes. But Tukaras stops twenty four twenty five for a nine sixty save percentage. John uh, Joni Ortio stops twenty three or twenty five for a nine twenty. The Bruins will take a two to one. One for five in the power play. Four for four in the penalty kill. The penalty kill actually really makes me happy. They've been really underperforming. I mean, it's you know in the power play. I mean, this is the first time we had a power play goal in five games. We had to go back to the Dallas game for the last power play goal. I know, but I still think it was a strong performance. Despite all that stuff, I think it was great at the Garden, which is obviously a huge thing that we've been talking about. I, I would like to see more shots. Only 25 shots on net for the Bruins. Faceoffs are good, 30, 35 for 58, you know, 60% right there. That's an okay number. I'll take it. You know, not a bad game. It's just, it mainly is like a big reminder that this Bruins team can still pull these close wins out at the Garden. They're not just blowing leads in the third period or anything like that. They're still pulling out these close games. They can still fight and just perform well offensively. They need to stay healthy. That's what they need to do. They need to keep the young young people healthy, the veteran corners to stay healthy. But speaking of injuries, right now Chris Kelly still out the broken femur. Injury report for the Bruins right now. Malcolm Subban's out with the fracture larynx in another couple weeks. Uh, right now, Jeremy Smith has been recalled from the Iowa Wild. He is in Providence now working. A lot of transactions, too. The trade deadline being February 29th, which was Monday. The Boston Bruins acquiring two new players. They acquired a guy from Providence as well. Uh, we sent Ronaldo, Randall, and Talbot down to Providence. As much as that upsets me. I know. You love when uh, Talbot's up here. But uh, Randall is back in Boston. Ronaldo has been suspended for five games following an illegal check to the head against Tampa Bay. I didn't think it was that bad of a hit, but the NHL thinks if it was, and he's a re, you know repeat offender, so he is out for five games. And that only starts when he returns to Boston. Does not count in Providence. Just to remind you of that right now. On February 29th, the Boston Bruins made two trades. They acquired defenseman John Michael Lyles from Carolina in exchange for forward Anthony Kamara and a Bruins natural third-round pick in 2016 draft. Now, with the guys going down as well, it made room, which is nice. We also acquired Stepniak, uh, who came from New Jersey, um, 
great forward. He was playing last night on the first line with Bergeron and and Marchand, and it was nice to see. I think it's just nice to have some fresh legs in there. I mean, obviously they've been they've been going through the long season as well, but it's a change of pace. It's what this Bruins team needs. I know they were performing well before the moves as well, but it's just nice to see that you can kind of bring in these guys, still pull out yep. a win, and just have some fresh faces and still have that team chemistry working. Yep, no, absolutely. We, You know, you look at what we gave away for. Now, Lee Stepniak uh, came from New Jersey Exchange. The Bruins gave out a fourth-round pick in the 2016 NHL entry draft, and uh, the Bruins' second-round pick in the 2017 NHL entry draft. Not bad. John Michael Lyles, Carolina, we give away Kamara. We give away a third-round pick in 2016, and the fifth-round pick in 2017. Not bad. You didn't give away your first rounders. You didn't give away. You give away one second rounder. Oh, okay. But the thing but. to me, the thing to me, and I know I don't know if you're going to agree with this or not. And I was talking with a friend about it the other day. But it just seems to me that this Bruins team has been kind of confused with their approach, and that's going to be kind of weird wording. But I think they're yeah. too. They're like caught in the middle of wanting to rebuild, but also trying to make a deep playoff run and just push forward. And they can't decide which they want to do. I don't think they are patient enough with kind of like waiting out the offseason or waiting out the season and really just focusing on rebuilding this offseason. This team is not going to win a Stanley Cup. No way. They just have to accept that. I mean, obviously you're going to want a playoff push. Obviously you're going to want to try, but it's just not going to happen. I think you need to focus on either let's win now and make the moves to win now while Bergeron and Krejci are in their prime. Let's be real. If any Bruins fan thinks that this team is a Stanley Cup contender – you're wrong. You're, you're completely wrong. There's no way this team is a Stanley Cup contender. We all know that. We've accepted that fact and we're moving on with our lives. We, we get that. And it's one of those things where, you know, last night I was watching the game and Stempniak and Lyles were both out there working on the shifts. Lyles had so many great defensive battles in the corners and behind the net. He was winning defensive battles. He was being scrappy. He was getting the puck out. He was setting teammates up. It was great. It was great to see a defenseman, and he's not a top-four defenseman. No way. But at the same time, he was being scrappy and he was playing well. Yeah, but I I agree with the move to bring in a fresh defenseman. We talked about it all year. How you need something. They just need, yeah, they needed a little spark in their defensive core, and this is kind of what they needed. But I just think you, at this point, you look at their age, 35 and 33 years old, it's not going to get you very far. No, I think they're you rentals. Need to, I, yeah, but I think you need to focus more on the future at this point. I think you need to commit. You need to be patient. Maybe load up on draft picks rather than try and get these two guys and make a run. Or like, I don't, I don't know what you're really trying to go for here. You know what you're going for? You're going for two guys who are rental players. They play for the year, and they're pawns for next year as well. Because you can use them to trade out on top of a draft pick, on top of a prospect. You send them on, you know, on their way as well. You get a guy in return. They're not looking long-term with these guys. These guys are totally, totally just rental players for the year. But that doesn't necessarily mean that, that we have to treat them like that, you know? I mean, these guys right now, like last night with Lyles, he was outstanding. There were five defensive battles that I watched. I was like, wow, I can't find another. Like, besides Krug, I would not be able to see another defenseman on this team doing a defensive battle like he was last night. But- just because, like, our defense isn't good. Not to be that guy, but, I mean, Lyles is 35 years old. I know that. He's younger than Chara. I think, I don't know how old Seidenberg is, to be honest with you. Off but, like, the top but of like age head, has but, nothing to do with it. I'm but talking No, like, I'm saying, the way you were comparing it, you were saying Krug and uh, Lyles. But, in, obviously, that's going to be an improvement from how old Chara is and how kind of worn yes. out his body is. And how yeah, much it'll be an, 
But I'm saying, like, yeah, it's an improvement, but I think you... Not to say, like, oh, they should just tank or, oh, they should just pack it in now, but I just think it wasn't a necessary move, no, in my I, opinion. I, I think you could have uh, brought up a guy from Providence and been fine. And No, I think it is because he has the experience and... Lyles is one of those guys who can play hockey, and I think that you know, with his team being in third place right now in the division, you're set for a playoff run. You know, you're going for a playoff run. Like, you just got to do it, you know, and you you got to be ready to go. And having a guy like this come in, he's a rental player. That's all he was. We knew that coming in. I mean, let me look at Stepniak. Okay, Stepniak was New Jersey's leading scorer. He's now coming here. Last night, I mean, not that New Jersey's. Not, no, no, not, not says being, a lot, but he yeah. still scores goals. I mean, this year he had 16 goals, 25 assists. That's 41 points and 34 penalty minutes. He was a plus three in New Jersey. He's an offensive player who can play the game. And watching him last night, he had two really nice setups in the defensive and neutral zone, setting guys up for breakaways. In the offensive zone, he was moving the puck around. He was getting everyone set up. He was making plays happen. And I don't care that he doesn't score last night. I I care more that, like, he just he meshed. He played it, well. Was he on third or fourth line last night? He was. Stepniak was first. Was he the first? I thought. Yeah. I thought they he was, they started him on first and moved him to Bolesky's line afterwards. But he started the game with Martian and Bergeron, and I was watching him out there, and I was like, "Wow, this kid can somewhat play. I like this." I think if you just kind of embrace his role as like a lower third or fourth line player, I think he'll be a good move. But if you try and force things and just kind of rely on him as a goal scorer, which I don't think he can really be in Boston. Like I said, in New Jersey, it's kind of easy to be the top scorer. Not many guys <laughs> score. Yeah. So, I mean, if it's not going to just transition right into Boston and into their system, but, I mean, you can always hope. And I think if you embrace their roles, yeah, it's a decent move, but... Overall, I think they should have just committed to the future and not. I, I think they will because, like, you can't trade Erickson, you know, unless you have a really good return. And last night they were talking about how they wanted a draft pick and a top line player for Erickson, which would, I mean, who's going to give you that for Erickson? Not, I, not I wouldn't many. be surprised if this offseason they waited out and they do like a Lucic type move. They just I'd, go for draft picks. Yeah. And I would be completely fine with that. I just be don't ready. think. Yeah, I don't think you can kind of hope for a top line defenseman no. or a top line whatever defenseman. No, you can't. But, but I mean, be ready, folks, because the offseason is going to be interesting. The Bruins also recall Noel Akari from Providence making his debut last night. Played okay, nothing out of like out of the ordinary, nothing like wow, no wow factor. He just he played solid hockey. He was physical. He was getting into puck battles. I, that's he was literally making passes. the story of the Bruins right now. Is there's no there's wow no factor. wow factor. But like, but he didn't have to have one. He he was a you know Claude Julian called him a very gritty player last night in the post game press conference. I agree. He was getting into battles. He was fighting for the puck. He was making moves he needed to make. What more can you ask from a guy making his his debut? The only thing to me is that, and mainly because of how like how much I've heard you say it on podcasts and stuff like that, is a lot of these guys, as you would define them, are gritty or they fight well in these battles. But you also need some more. Talent. I know you have guys like Bergeron, Marshan, even Pasternak is coming to his own the last week. And Pasternak has been out of his mind recently. Yeah, I, but I just think you need more talent. I think you need more offensive talent. I know you, the Bruins' style is that physical, gritty play, but 
You just need more natural goal scorers that, I mean, they're not going to just try and get in fights. They're going to no, be getting I mean, you nice scoring chances and capitalizing on opportunities like Pasternak, Bergeron, Marchand. But. Yeah, and the reason we need more goal scorers, we need more opportunities, we need more wins is because right now the Atlantic Division in the Eastern Conference is ridiculous. Florida, 80 points. Tampa in second with 78. We're in third with 76. Detroit's in fourth with 75. Right there. That is your your top three and your wild card, right there, all and, within five points of each other. And if you look at the conference standings, the Bruins are four points out of second, like They're four points behind the Rangers, and even four points behind Florida, who's technically a three seed right now. Right, they are in this race. I know as much as we would like to see the Bruins, I'd say make a deep playoff run. I don't think anyone's catching Washington. No. But no way. I mean, I mean it's a close race and I personally I still don't like I said, still don't think Stanley Cup run nope. is in the cards, but I mean I guess you gotta take advantage of Bergeron, Chara, all these guys while you have them. You do. This is the time to do it. Make a playoff push. Yep, but. absolutely. Now looking at the road ahead tomorrow night, the Chicago Blackhawks coming to town, seven PM game at the garden. Looking at the Central Division in the Western Conference, Austin, Chicago is tied for first with Dallas and St. Louis with 83 points. It's a three-way tie for first place. So you know the Blackhawks are coming into Boston with absolute no mercy. They are going to bring everything they have to get those two points to it, hopefully It's do or die jump. time, not just for the Blackhawks, but for all these teams. You look Everybody. at all Eastern Conference, all the Western Conference Teams are fighting for playoff positions, whether it's a one seed fighting to even make the playoffs. But huge. It's all huge implications. All these teams are not going to just lie down. And I, I think mean, the Bruins, the past couple, I'd say four games, have caught some of these teams, except for Tampa, they caught some of these teams sleeping. And yeah. I don't think that's going to be able to happen anymore. No, I mean, and that's a scary game, too, because Chicago is scary when they're not, you know, desperate for first place right now you know they're scary i mean thank god we're not playing in chicago because i hate playing in chicago it's probably the most intimidating stadium in the national hockey league in my opinion everyone wearing red and when the fratellis come on after a goal forget it it's game over but a look at the month ahead chicago on thursday night the bruins are home against the capitals on saturday night good lord help us that's a loss already uh, on the sixth they will fly down to florida for the two-game road trip they play the Panthers and Lightning back-to-back Monday, Tuesday, before flying back to face Carolina on Thursday the 10th, Islanders on Saturday the 12th, two days off, and we're going to California, folks. We take on San Jose on the 15th, get two days off, take on Anaheim and L.A. on the Friday-Saturday games, 10 and 10.30 p.m. on those two. Three days off to come home on the rain. We go to New York, actually, on the 23rd to play the Rangers, come on the next night to play Florida at home. Uh, on the 26th, play Tampa on the road and finish off the month. They play, Tor- they play Toronto on the road on the 26th. Yes, Toronto. On the you ho- said Tampa. Oh, uh, Toronto on the road. I know. I, th- I have Tampa on my mind. You call yourself a professional I've got, podcaster. I've got Tampa on my mind. On the 29th, we go to New Jersey to finish off the month of March. Tough, tough month of hockey there, Austin. And a lot of rest, which I think will actually hurt them. Now that yeah, that's a lot of days off. I mean, three games. You know, Any momentum you build with some of these big games coming uh, up. I mean, you're going to see that San Jose game in California two days off, and then you got back-to-back against Anaheim, Anaheim and Los Angeles. Yeah. And then you get three days off and go play New York in Madison If you Square have Garden. any momentum after that California trip, that's gone in those next three days going to New York. Yeah, yeah, that's easy. So this is my prediction for the month. Chicago, loss. Um, Washington, loss. 
Florida win, Tampa win, Carolina uh, win because it's at home. They played okay against them. Islanders is a win. San Jose is a win. Anaheim and L.A. are losses. Uh, Rangers are, oh, God, that's a toss-up. I'm going to say that's a loss just because Eric Stahl now being there, Rangers are still playing out of their mind. Florida's a win. Toronto's a win. New Jersey's a win. So you say 8-5. and 8-5 and five for the month of March. Write that down. 9-5 uh, and five because we won against Calgary true, on Tuesday. True. So 9-5 and five for the month of March. 9-5 and five totally. for the month of March. I think we have a lot of tough games to start off the month. I mean, Chicago and Washington back-to-back is like a kick in the nuts. I mean... That's just it's two wicked tough games to start the month off. Yeah, and the California road trip will be tough. For me personally, I I don't know if we'll be close, but Chicago, loss. Well, okay, yeah. So hold on. Start with Calgary. That's a win right yeah, there. That's, that's a win. One and oh. Then Chicago, loss. Washington, loss. Florida, win. Tampa, loss. I know that that's one difference between you and I. I personally think, and you've talked about it before, every time they go to Tampa, just stuff goes badly. If they can't beat them at home... Who knows? Right. Um, Carolina at home, win. Uh, Islanders, I'm going to say a win on that. That one's questionable. No, nah, that's got to be a win. I'm I, questioning it. It's if at we home, lose afternoon if, game. Tough if one. we lose to the Islanders, I will eat my shorts. I'm going to hold you to do that. Okay. This podcast we're going to do a video on This it. podcast could become really interesting in the next couple weeks. All right. So we're at four and three after yep. the Islanders. San Jose loss. Okay. I think you said win there. Um Four and four. So then Anaheim, loss. Los Angeles, loss. New York, loss. That's a rough stretch. Yeah. Florida, win. Toronto, win. New Jersey, win. Seven and seven for the month of March. I think it's a tough stretch. Okay. I say nine and five. He says seven and seven. Let's hope that I'm correct solely for the fact that the Bruins will not be in playoff hunt if they're seven and seven, in my opinion. I just think it's a tough st- That California road trip is make or break. Depending on yeah. how you come out of that, that will determine playoff positioning. That will determine just, if you're even in the playoff hunt. Because you got Islanders on that Saturday. You have two days off, and then you're playing in San Jose. Then two San more Jose days is a off. Tough team. Tough too. team. You're playing in the Shark Bowl or whatever they, the fish tank, whatever the Shark what? Bowl. I don't know what they call it. <laughs> it's some loser name they call it out there. But then you got two days off again. That's fired. And then you go play Anaheim and LA back to back. That's a tough stretch. And then and you then get come three back, days off, come and then back play New York. York. That's, ugh. I don't know. Maybe we're wrong. Maybe the rest will do them amazing things. You know what I mean? The one thing to me that I'm now looking forward to is that New York game. I want to see you eat some shorts. Yeah. Will you really eat some shorts? Can we shake on it? Yes. Nice. There you go. This we're shaking on it. a virtual handshake. Yes. You can see it on your speakers right yeah, now, yeah, folks. Yeah, yeah, Yep. Here you we go. Feel, this is really aggressive. You can feel the energy. Why are your hands so sweaty? Because I'm a sweaty person. Okay, moving <laughs> on. That is going to do it for us at the Boys of Beantown. If you have any topics you want to discuss, tweet us at the Boys of Beantown or email us at boysofbeantown at gmail.com. And as always, you can find us on SoundCloud, YouTube, and iTunes. I'm Joshua Powers. I'm Austin Bumpus. Tune in next week for more Bruins news and updates and me maybe eating a pair of shorts.